You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is Friday, September 25th, 2020. On the show today, Corbett Koslack joins me. We are talking about the uh, upcoming weekend in baseball because it is a crowded one. Right now in the American League, we have got eight teams all secure with the playoff spots right now. It is the Rays, Twins, A's, White Sox, Yankees, Astros, Indians, and Blue Jays. And then the National League, we are still fighting for those final playoff spots right now. And the Giants, the Reds, the Phillies, and uh, the Brewers are all involved fighting for those spots right now. So, Corbett, my first question to you is, where does your attention immediately turn to when thinking about this weekend in Major League Baseball? Yeah, there's a lot of series that don't mean anything in Major League Baseball this weekend, but there's also quite a few that do. I think the series that sticks out is the one that has the most implication is Reds-Twins, not just because, first of all, it's interleague. Second of all, the Twins have a one-game lead in the division in the American League Central and could win, hold on to win the division, or they could finish in third without, with, the game, with the way the season might play out. And then the Reds are the team that supposedly nobody wants to play because of their front end starting starting rotation. They're currently in the seventh spot, but they're one game ahead of the nine spot and only a handful of games ahead of, you know, the, the Mets at 10. So there's a, there's a lot that can happen. So I would go to Reds twins for the, the most, the most important series this weekend. Yeah. We know that Mets, Nats, Orioles, Jays, Rockies, Diamondbacks, um, Braves, Braves, Red Sox, and uh, let's try, try and think Tigers, Royals. Those series aren't going to mean any, aren't going to mean anything. So those are the ones you can kind of automatically cross off um, from watching. But everything else, I mean, Cubs-White Sox has, uh, I believe, some seating implications still left there. Cardinals-Brewers, obviously, is, is important. Phillies-Rays, Marlins-Yankees, those are important uh, as well, too. What's, and, what's interesting about that Cubs-White Sox series, I don't know how many times it's happened in Major League history. I haven't really seen it. But both of those teams could clinch divisions in this series with, with wins. Right, which would be interesting if, yeah, if they were able to both clinch. clinch. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I'm not sure how many times you've seen that where two teams could clinch a, uh, a division in the same series. So, and funny enough, you know, being from the same city too. We'll kind of look at the American League before we go back to the National League. Um, nice and tidy for them. They didn't have to worry about any of the, any of the other teams. You know, uh, you know, there's no wild card seating implications this weekend. Um, but the Indians... Still very much, I believe, in the mix for that division and, you know, still alive. But I think the Twins are going to take it. And I think – I thought for a while we were staring down Twins-Yankees, but the Twins got out of, the, out of there. And now we're kind of, you know, might be looking at White Sox and the Yankees. And, you know, they, obviously, like you said, they have a chance to win the division as well too. I think that 4-5 matchup, whoever is going to drop out of the first place in the American League Central, Corbett, I think that's going to be the most compelling – first round series just because of how well the Yankees have played and whoever that team is in second is also going to be a really good team as well the problem for the White Sox I think just as the playoffs progress is that the fact that there's not very many left-handed starters in that in that American League playoff because if the White Sox beat John Lester tomorrow they will have gone the entire season without losing a single game to a left-handed starter (laughs) so when you take that into effect they're only 11 games under 500 that basically means they're around 500 against right-handed starters and I think, first of all, nobody wants to play the Yankees because they've been very hurt. And Garrett Cole's not going to continue having a four or whatever ERA that he's running right now. 
So that will be the most fascinating story. I think the Twins would much rather see the Indians lineup than the Yankees lineup in game one. And the most interesting part is whoever finishes in that two spot is going to be the two, not necessarily the four. So then they'd get to play the Indians instead of the Astros because I don't think you want to play the Astros in the first round either based on their lineup. Now, they don't have as much pitching as the Yankees, but the Astros-Yankees being 5-6 is criminal in the American League for whoever has to play them. Yeah, and I think the one interesting thing in the, in the Central is, you know, the, with the Twins, if they were to, to drop out, I mean, they are 23-5 and five at home. So they would get the Yankees at home. And while, yes, you don't want to play the Yankees, I think having those games at home is something that, uh, that might actually give them an edge. What do you think? Yeah, the home field advantage, even with no fans, has proven to be a little bit of an advantage this year. You don't have mm-hmm. to travel. You get to bat last in all three games if necessary, which we know in baseball is a bigger advantage than, you know, being – there's no real, you know, tangible advantage to a home field in basketball or football. But getting to bat last means a lot, especially they're going to go back to traditional extra innings, which home teams win a very high percentage of if they were to do that in the postseason. So I think you definitely want to be home there, and especially since the Yankees are pretty much locked into not being um, – not winning the division they can't win the division so they're going to finish in that four or five spot teams would like to be home against them especially the twins when you have that giant home field advantage that they have that they've had this year yeah they've been they've been excellent at home uh and then also you know i kind of look at the back at the back of the american league i mean you know just talking about the blue jays here i know it's a three-game series and you feel like you know anybody could win these but the rays just feel much for you know much more superior to the Blue Jays, and I feel like that's the one series where I really feel most comfortable saying I, I think I know which team is going to get it done. Um, the I'm Blue- on the complete opposite side really? of the spectrum there. Really? Um, okay. There are a handful of good teams in the American League, and I'm sure the Rays are one of them, but name me one, one lineup the Rays can run at you where you're like, man, they can score a lot of runs. There isn't one of those. So, like, you say you're going to run out Hung Jin Ryu, who was really good against the Yankees yesterday. Say you run him out against the Blue or the Rays in game one. And I would almost – this is one of those where you've kind of seen it uh, before where the, the better pitching stuff – like I think whoever the Reds end up playing if they get in, they're going to have the better starting pitching than, than the team they're playing in the first round. I think the Blue Jays have the better lineup than, than Tampa does. Tampa's running out guys like, you know, Yoshi Sutsugo and Yandy Diaz has been on the IL recently. Some of their good hitters have not been available. And while they're 37 and 20 – a lot of those games against uh, the Orioles in the recent not, – not the good Orioles, but the not-so-great Orioles. Then the Red Sox, they've played um, the Nationals a lot. Not to throw yeah. a dog at the Nationals on the Nationals podcast. Hey, the Nationals beat them got, twice. The Nationals beat them twice this year. They had the, yeah, yeah extra yeah, things yeah. down in Tampa. Yeah. I, just, I just think that's – I mean, all these series, like you said, are, are, are wide open, really. Um, but as far as I'm going to pick an underdog – I'd much rather pick against the Rays than what the Dodgers are going to be looking at in the National League, at least in the three-game series. Yeah, I, I think now shifting the National League, the one team I would be afraid of in the National League, I know everybody's saying the Reds, and you've seen much more of them than I have. I feel like if the Phillies got the eight, that is not a team I'd want to play, just because of the front line start. I mean, they do have good starting pitching. Um, you know, they've had it for the most part. Noah hasn't been – these last couple starts he struggled. I know against the, um, against the Nats he did. But the Phillies – have enough star power. And I feel like, too, that's one team that just kind of narrative-wise is in a weird spot. And if they were somehow to make it, it'd be very odd to see them upset the apple cart. But I actually definitely see it happening against the Dodgers. But the Dodgers, like, if it's, if it's not going to be this year, man, it, like, it's just – like, when is it going to be, Corbin? Because this season, it, you know, 
They have – I saw rankings, I think, last week, the number three farm system in all of baseball, and the best team in all of baseball. And where you're coming out with the Phillies, it's interesting because it's easy to say, well, the Phillies' bullpen, are they really going to go anywhere? But right. then last year, Nationals had the worst bullpen in the world. Exactly. However much. And all of a sudden, it, they flipped the switch with all of the same guys and started getting people out. So it's not like they don't have arms. Hector Neris has gotten people out in the past. Workman's gotten people out in the past. Uh, they just aren't getting guys out this season. So I wouldn't be particularly scared of Philadelphia. But then again, I'm not really scared of anyone that's going to end up in that eight spot unless the Reds slip back. San Francisco, I mean, what, what exactly are they running at? You yeah, see? I don't really know. what They, they don't do much for me. The I, I Milwaukee mean, starting pitching has not been getting people out recently. Right. And their, their lineup is bottom five in baseball the last couple of weeks. Like, I'm not really hiring anyone that gets that eight spot unless, like I said, the Reds fall in there. But I think of all those three teams, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and San Francisco, I would least like to play Philadelphia if I'm the Dodgers. Tonight's Locked on Nationals podcast is brought to you by Indeed.com. Even though the sports took a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. And there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to have been three and a half times more likely to get you a result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it faster. Try Indeed with our free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Yeah, what do you make of, of a National Essential? Your Cubbies are, are the three seed right now. Um, but it's been, you know, not mediocre. But, I mean, there's just a lot of average baseball teams in the, in the, uh, in the National League Central. Nobody's really, nobody's really been able to distinguish themselves, I feel like, in, in this division. The Cubs have scored a run in the last year and a half, I think, total. The Cubs do not have a home run by somebody not named Anthony Rizzo in 10 days. So, uh, he has two. They went a week – they went nine days without a home run. Um, so, their offense has disappeared very similar to the last few years. The Cardinals don't score very many runs. We know that. The Reds' offense has disappeared at times this year. And the Brewers can't score runs. So, it's four teams that could all get in the playoffs that cannot score runs. That, that is a problem. I think the Cubs actually have, like, the best bullpen ERA in baseball over the last six weeks, something like that. So their bullpen's good. But when you're down one nothing in the first and the game is over, that gets that, I mean, that, takes, that takes a toll on the pitching, knowing they're not allowed to give up anything. The National League Central, it's exactly like you said. There's four very average baseball teams in the National League Central. Um, some would say the Brewers are not quite average, but Craig Council has coached them to be two games under 500. Um, the National League Central is just really bad. You mentioned or really average to bad. And it's like you said with the Dodgers entering into this. If not now, win kind of thing. They're six games better than anybody else. And anybody else is the Braves, who have no starting pitching whatsoever. So they're basically – I mean, well, you look at the rest they, of the – They have starting pitching. It's just that it's not the guys they wanted to have out there. Yeah, the well, Soroka got hurt. 
Colton Nevich was nowhere near what they wanted him to be. They had to cut him. Max Free didn't he leave the game with an injury like a week ago? Yes, he yes. But, I mean, guys like Ian Anderson have stepped up and done, you know, pretty well for them. So, I mean, it's not like, you know – also, too, their lineup but really also makes – also putting your faith in those kind of guys coming to, into right. the playoffs. Yeah, no, I understand you know? that, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they've been fighting with their biggest enemies for the National League the whole season, the Padres. Obviously, that's a, that's a, big, that's a big hit that Mike Clevenger is probably out for the year. But I think Lamette and Paddock and, and uh, Zach Davies have been really good this season for the Padres. So what's going to stink for the Dodgers is the fact that they're going to have to play the Padres in the, sec- in the NLDS, um, where that, you know, it's going to matter less how deep your starting rotation is and more about your frontline guys because of the 4-5 the matchup that's going to end up in the NLDS if both those teams were to advance. Going back to the Central really fast, you know, typically, I mean, you look at the division leaders across the league and you look at, you know, look at run differential, you see a plus 52, plus 57, plus 49, plus 73, plus 126, and then the Cubs have a plus 17 run differential and are leading their division. They're seven games over 500. The Cardinals are plus six, the Reds are minus three, and the Brewers are minus 12. It just shows you how average they've been. But one thing that caught my eye going to the NL East now, the Marlins are 29-28 with a negative, a minus 40 run differential. How rid- – that means that when they've gotten they lost, beat – They lost the game by 20. Right, right. So, they did, yes, they lost the game by 20. Nine, take a bite but, out of your run differential. But there, be- there have been games where they have just gotten – like more than that one, they have just gotten absolutely pounded. They had a, a 11-1 to 1, um, recently here. The Nationals – got them on a 15 to nothing. So when the Marlins lose, man, it's, it's some crashing and burning. But somehow that team has treaded water. And I thought it would catch up to them, especially in this last two weeks of the season where they, they felt like they were playing, you know, a seven-game series every Friday through Sunday or whatever it was. Yeah. But, man, the, how impressive have the Marlins been? I think the Marlins are interesting because if you were to pick a team out of the National League playoff picture that, yes, give me that team to play against my favorite team, the Marlins would be that team. And right now, the Cubs are going to have to play the Marlins. And every postseason, there is a darling, a national darling. Like Juan Soto took the country by storm last year. Sixto Sanchez for the Marlins. If he were to start game one and go out and just dominate, you know, eight scoreless innings, the rookie, he has an awesome name. He's easy for everyone to love. I think he's got Pedro Martinez's number, like, tattooed on his neck. Like, he's yeah. like Pedro's his idol. I think he could be the guy that takes the country by storm. And then they're – also, their lineup just puts up runs left and right. I think I want to say they scored a ton of runs last night as well. Yeah, they beat the Braves last night. I think four to one or four to two or whatever. And they're all, they have they they get runs out of nowhere. Like you look at their lineup and you're like, how does this team ever score runs? And then they do. They're so good at would, manufacturing runs. I, I will it, give them that. It would not shock me. I mean, it's, it's baseball. It's not going to shock me if anyone builds deep. But they're starting pitching. Uh, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, uh, Sixto Sanchez. They right. have starting pitching to, to match up with other teams. I'm not sure they have the offense, but then again, I don't think they've had the offense all year, and they, they, here they are at 29 and 28. Don Mattingly going to run away with the National League right. Manager of the Year award. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, you know, is, is that maybe they don't have – I mean, they, maybe. They do not have the, the, the names at the front of that rotation, but in terms of the of three guys who have performed very well, I'm not sure there's another team that's got three guys that have, like, collectively been this good. I might be wrong on this, but – I mean, Lopez, Sanchez, and Alcantara, the, the sample size isn't massive. But, all, I mean, they've all been really effective. They all started, you know, they've got a combined uh, this season. Let's see, I'm doing quick math. 24 starts uh, between them. And, I mean, all of them collectively ERAs under four, between three and four. And they've been much better than I think the Marlins had any anticipation 
or anybody, you know, thought they could be. And, and you'd right be remiss on the Lockdown Nationals podcast to not mention the guy who's fifth in baseball in saves, Brandon Kinsler. It just that, seems like there's a lot of guys who are former Nationals. A lot of guys who are former Nationals start doing really well other places. Uh, Blake Trinan would be another one. Brandon Kinsler would be a great example of a, of a pitcher who's, you know, goes elsewhere and starts doing well. So, yes, that's a, that is a very good point. But also, too, the lineup, like, they've been able to find runs. You know, I mean, having the big donkey, Jesus Aguilar, they have, like, legit, you know, power in the lineup. Uh, I, you know, Brian Anderson is a guy who's, you know, doubled his home runs this year. It's, it's been a fun lineup. I mean, I've – Rojas is, is – the Rojas has, like, three home runs, and his OPS is near 1,000. Like, he's been hitting – Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, he's been unbelievable. So, just because we didn't think it would – you know, we'd, we'd see these guys doing well, they've somehow, somehow just gotten themselves – I think it's one thing that's going to kill the – we've talked about the Phillies so much in the show, but that'll kill the Phillies is seeing how well, uh, how well the Marlins have done. For you, besides the Dodgers, who, is, who do you think should be the second team, you know, the, the, the squarely number two? Because I think while we, we think it could be the Padres, I do think the Braves, for how well they've performed, considering what they've lost, I think they've shown their quality through that, through working the, through those struggles. They've shown the immense quality they have. So I think they've got a strong case for being the second best team in the National League. What say you? Yeah, I think the Braves, like I said, they can hit with anybody. Um, their bullpen kind of faltered down the stretch last season out of nowhere, which kind of felt weird because of the arms they have down there. Um, and a lot of the same arms this year um, back in that Braves bullpen. I still think the Padres are the second best team in baseball – or second best team in the National League. They might be the second best team in baseball the way they've been playing right. um, this season. Um, I, the Braves just – the Braves, it's like, it feels like they're running it back with the same cast of characters, right? They've got the same cast of characters. What They lost the Dodgers in the NLDS two years ago in four games. They lost – they got swept in the – was it or the NLCS last year? Or mm. – no, okay. Yeah, they lost, they lost 10-1 to 1 in the NLDS last year in game yeah. five. Of the, game five, yes, it was game five. It was, two, it was the it was Cardinals. Two, yes. But it's the same cast of characters. And it feels like last year – like maybe two years ago they were like the – we're happy to be here. But last year they lost to a lesser team in the NLDS. So – it's, very, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Braves this year. And meanwhile, the Padres are coming with all the new tools, with all the new toys. You know, Tatis and Trent Grisham's having a career year and Machado. And Will Myers is hitting the cover off the baseball. He's having a, a career rejuvenation this year in San Diego. So it's interesting to see with Atlanta. What I do like about Atlanta is the path they're going to get to take to get to the NLCS. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go through – out, like outside of the Reds, because the Reds are sitting there in the seventh spot right now. What's what's so weird in, about the National League is how much fluctuation there can be. Right. This thing Marlins, is far from being over. It's far from and, being settled. Yeah, it's far from being settled. But they're not going to have to play the Padres or the Dodgers to get to the NLCS. So right. I like that. I got I like that lineup. The, the NL West is going to cannibalize itself in the other region of the bracket. They're going to get to play either uh, a Cubs offense that is terrible right now or the Marlins. Um, most likely in the in the NLDS, and I just I really like um, the way the Padres line up. But then again, they have to go to the Dodgers, so I would say the Braves uh, have have the next best chance to get into the World Series. Yeah, I think especially if, if they they you know if they're kind of hoping the Giants can do uh, can do well here, and maybe they can, they can slide up to that spot and have to come to, to come east to play that. I just their lineup it's just absurd. I mean Freeman, and then what they've gotten from Ozuna, you know, who is on a one year contract, a prove it contract. He's been absurd for them this season. Uh, Acuna, you could, you, know, you could argue he's not having uh, you know, a season that is up to his standards, but he's still been really effective for them. Travis Darno has been 
I, I mean, unbelievable, which, you know, if, if you're, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of weird how t- players kind of can go between NL East teams that end up doing really well. And, um, you know, Swanson's had a, had a very nice season as well. It's been a team that's just got so many guys who have produced runs, and especially if they're at home in the beginning, I love their chances. I love their chances of having another team come into their ballpark. And, uh, you know, I think they'd have a, a really good chance of making it, a deep run. It's weird because usually when you think of teams that, like, like you hear East Coast bias when it comes to, you know, sports, and you think of teams that go under the radar, and a lot of it's West Coast teams. I feel like right. the Braves are very under the radar because, like, they're very minimally exciting at this point because you know what they are. So, yeah. meanwhile, the Dodgers are great, and the Padres are super exciting. And the Braves are the same people they've had the last three years. They're doing the same thing they've done. And they're just their their excitement is kind of worn off. That's why you don't really hear much about them anymore, as far as like you know being the second best team in the National League. Yeah, what do you think for for National League MVP? I think this is a it's a it's a weird conversation. I, I don't think I think if Juan Soto gets the first eight games of the season, you have to consider him just because the the counting stats are not where you look with Juan Soto. It is Trey, the averages. I mean, three. Trey and Juan Soto have two things going against them. One, they're on each other's team. Yeah. And two, they didn't do any winning. So that's not a very good combination um, when you think of splitting votes and then people who take into consideration how good you are. Yeah, I just thought, um, I just, I just, the only problem I have with that is, like, what else did you want them to do? Right? Like, like the one, one argument somebody else made against, against Soto was his defense. That's fine. It's whatever. But, like, you're really going to take him over, you know, Freddie Freeman, like, because of that, I mean, you know, that's, that's what decides it for you. I don't think that should be the deciding factor, in my opinion. Uh, it's usually, like, pretty much an offensive production award most of the time. But, yeah, I mean, for you, I, I, I think it's Freeman. I, I think it's going to be Freeman. I think if you're asked who had the best season in the National League, it was Juan Soto. Now, who kind of fits that criteria for, uh, for the award better? It's Freeman. He's played 13 more games. Not Soto's fault with the first eight that he missed because of the false positive COVID test. But in my opinion, I think it's got to be Freeman just because of like the sheer numbers of what he's been able to produce and you know the high level he's been hitting at. You hear about like you know career MVP awards? Like they talk about with Drew Brees in the NFL. Like I think Freddie Freeman's been so good for so long, and in a year where like he's in the mix to win it, I think is like the kind of year you give it to him. Like nobody has run away from him with it. So. People, you know, and, and you see stuff on, on Twitter, Freddie Freeman, you know, left practice or whatever to go see is, is to make his son's first t-ball practice or something like that. Like, everyone loves Freddie Freeman on Twitter. Everyone loves Freddie right. Freeman in person. And it's, it could be like one of those – it could be like a career accompli- uh, uh, accomplishment for Freddie Freeman. For I mean, home. I think he's outright earned it. I, I, I think he has outright earned it. Just with – I mean, you know, I know the home run numbers, uh, they aren't like as high as, as I think some people wanted them to be. But, like, you know, he's still hitting 338. He's driven in 51 runs. You know, he's getting on base, you know, 456. And then the, the slugging 628 in OPS over one. So, I mean, you know, I don't really know what else people want from him, right? Like, what, what are they supposed Because to- most of the coverage I've seen, you know, from other outlets has been Juan Soto-based when it comes to winning the MVP. Um, yeah, I just think – well, I, I that think – That kind of goes towards what I was saying about people are kind of, you know, like, done – like, the Braves are – we know what they are. Freddie Freeman's having another great year and is not getting much coverage. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, I, I don't think people have more watched the Nationals. Like, I, Juan Soto is yeah. much more fun to watch than Freddie Freeman, but I don't think you know, the voters were like, oh, i got to tune in for Nats Marlins tonight because the Nats have been, you know, they've been crap for the last, you know, month or so. So I, I also, too, to, against Soto is that he's only played 40, he's going to end up playing, I guess, you know, the three this weekend if he plays all three of them, 
47 games. So he's going to end up around 75 to 80% of this, you know, somewhere between 75 to 80% of the season played. I don't know how much of an issue you have with that. I, I just think if, if Freeman's going to play all 60, then, uh, then I think that also helps him too. It's kind of the Iron Man type. But once again, eight games against one set of, yeah, it sucks. But I, I think the, the – Think about the, it in the regular season, you play 75%, you're at 120 games, and that would feel, that would feel like not very many. But since, you know, percentage-wise, Freddie Freeman, the counting stats, hasn't had that big of an opportunity to, you know, run those up on one. Right. So I just think Freddie Freeman, and on top of being in the mix, has the winning football – or winning, winning baseball team. He's got the winning football team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, um, yeah, I think – Oh, I think, Atlanta does not have that. But. No, Atlanta does not have that. We, we saw it again uh, this week. Corbin, anything before we get out of here, anything you like in football this weekend? Any, any picks you want to give out? Any – Gambling stuff. You know, he's done dog in Atlanta, so I got to you know shout out you know Mitch Trubisky and his two and zero Chicago Bears. Yeah. Um, but moving <laughs> moving past that, um, as far as if we're gonna stick in Washington, um, the Washington football team playing Cleveland. That is a that that is a that is the uh, let's call that the test for Cleveland to try and measuring stick game, trying to see where they're at as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if you're going to go, I think they go to Washington this weekend. Or, no, that game's yeah. in Cleveland. So, Washington goes uh, to Cleveland. Game is on You're going road. to lose to Dwayne Haskins at home. That would not be a good look for the Cleveland Browns. So, as far as Washington, um, an interesting measuring stick game for their opponent this weekend. Also, too, think about this. I mean, you know, Kyler Murray tore Washington up last week. Not a good look for Baker Mayfield of that Washington defense that, uh, that handled your, your cohort, your successor, your, your fellow Heisman Trophy winner, uh, you know, your former backup, uh, and, and then, you know, also – as well, you know, your co-number one pick as well, too, to follow you. If he handles them and they squash you, it's a bad look, isn't it? It is not, it is not a great look for Baker Mayfield, but I don't think there's really a question of who the better quarterback is right now between Kyler Murray and Baker yeah. Mayfield in the NFL. Um, anything, anything else NFL-wise you like this weekend or even college? I, mean, I love everything NFL. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, glued to my TV, watched Dolphins-Jaguars last night. Obviously, God, two of sick. the best primetime games we're going to get all season this week. Um, Green Bay at New Orleans, two, you know, charter franchises of the last 20 to 30 years, always been contenders. And then Chiefs-Ravens is, you know, AFC championship game. game it's a game of the year contender right That's there. Just That's kiss, right? Spectacular. Be, I mean, yeah. Do you like our Missouri Tigers to cover the 27 this week against Alabama? I think they need to offer, you know, an alternative line of minus 50 so I can, you know, but <laughs> here's the thing with, with, with Missouri, they might not score um, or they're probably definitely not going to score in, in double figures. So uh, we'll see how vanilla the offense is for Alabama because they have A&M on deck, but uh, I, if you're not, if I don't have faith that you can get a stop, and I don't have faith that you can score, I don't have faith that you can cover <laughs> any that's, number. That's it's fair very, enough. It's very undesirable. Lay it or don't play it. Was that would be right there. All right, Corbett. We appreciate your time today, man. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, it's at Corbett. I have to pronounce both or spell both my names for you. At Corbett, K O R B E T T underscore coast like K O S E L A K on Twitter. All right. We appreciate your time today, man. All right, yeah, thank you for having me on. Before we go, I want to let you all know that today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. They've got 18 flavors, six amazing new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. 
Those go along with their 12 original flavors, all of which are chocolate, six with nut, six without nut. You've got flavors like coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, you have a chance to win a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 